Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Outkick 360 and the Tennessee Power Hour is here. Just like that, we are back. Great to be on Fox Sports Knoxville each and every evening. And a quick show announcement about this upcoming weekend for the Orange and White game in Knoxville. Fox Sports Knoxville and Outkick hosting a meet and greet this coming Saturday at Old City Sports Bar. Chad, it's going to be a big Saturday afternoon on the hill. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, Hutton, you and I will be there. Clay Travis will be there. Fan Run Radio, Fox Sports Knoxville will be there. Uh, this is one of those that uh, we didn't ask Paul because we knew he would say no, and I'm sure that Paul probably has. You want to go to Youth sports game? also, I so have, we didn't even uh, bother to get the Family no. obligation. Yeah, that's, that's, I, I, knew there'd be, I knew there'd be family obligations, so uh, we didn't bother, and that's but fine. But thank you for asking. But if you don't have family obligations and you can join us, then by all means, join us uh, noon Eastern, uh, until about 3.30 Eastern time in Knoxville, Saturday, Old City Sports Bar. We're going to have a big time. Our radio partner in Knoxville, Fox Sports Knoxville Fan Run Radio will be there. It's going to be a great afternoon. So hope to see a lot of you there. should be fun, Hutton. Uh, it should be. I'm hoping for good weather as I look it up right now for this coming weekend. It's calling for a little rain. <laughs> 40% chance of rain, oh, no. last I checked. The one day this Ouch. weekend that there could we be We need rain. it to one move to Sunday. Week. We yeah. need the rain to be on Sunday for the orange and white game that to be far perfect. off, it's not going to be an accurate weather cast. Yeah. We'll check back I on hope. Thursday, Thursday and Friday, and see what that forecast looks like. The, the news, and we're all going to be watching the quarterbacks in Knoxville for the orange and white game, but the news today uh, in the recruiting circles is that Joe Milton, former four-star quarterback from Orlando, Florida, Michigan quarterback, is going to transfer to join Josh Heupel at the University of Tennessee. Joe Milton joins the quarterback group that at once was thin, now it's crowded, but this should be a sign, Chad, that one of these guys that's currently on the Tennessee roster is entering the transfer portal. The deadline's I, if it May wasn't, 1st. If he wasn't, he is now. The deadline's would, May 1st. I would think so, um, and I, I would hope so, honestly, for, no. uh, for that player. They don't need five scholarship quarterbacks uh, on this roster. So two, two sides of this, okay? One, is it a little bit alarming that they feel the need to bring in a transfer yes. after spring? Yes, it's a little bit alarming. Two, though, how refreshing is it that a coaching staff looked at a quarterback position and thought, you know, we're not good enough here uh, to win games. So we may need to go and do something and try something out as opposed to, I don't know, just closing your eyes and crossing your fingers and hoping that Jared Garantano figures it out and that he's going to make some massive improvement before the season. So this is a positive step that they could actually identify a problem and go and address it with a guy who started uh, and, and, and played big-time college football. Now, outside of the Minnesota game a year ago, uh, did not look great for Joe Milton in that Michigan offense. What Michigan was asking him to do is also going to be greatly different from what he's asked to do in Josh Heupel's offense. So, uh, will he be the starter? Is he now the front runner? I, I don't know. Is he it, hasn't he hasn't practiced once at Tennessee. Yet. Is it bad that I automatically thought 
Oh, it's going to be Milton and Hooker as the co-quarterbacks oh, in 2021. I, uh, well, no, I don't think it's bad I don't at all. Know about We're going to see co-quarterbacks, but I automatically thought Milton is very much at the front of the line. I mean, they're not getting him, I, and he's not coming unless I, he's playing. I, I agree, and I, I I see it as we're going to see both quarterbacks every week. I think that it's uh, bad that. news. I, I do, that. too. I think it's bad news potentially for both Brian Maurer and Harrison Bailey. And Maurer should be gone. And I think the other one is Caden Salter. I don't think this is a ringing endorsement for Caden Salter. Well, they haven't he got seen in trouble him. right when he got on campus, though. I, I don't know that they're getting great vibes from him. I don't think it's a good sign for any of them, including Hendon Hooker. Because if Hendon Hooker came in this spring and looked like the guy – they may not make this move. They also have to get some transfers at linebacker. And we talked about the long snapper playing linebacker. That They need uh, big-time help at linebacker just to compete this fall. Mauer's the first one who should be gone, though, no? Yes. Oh, I, I think so. Um, I, I think Mauer probably is the, the odd man out. But but, but we'll see. I, we I don't think, really know. I, mean, I think know, that, but as I'm driving in and I saw the news this morning, I think Mauer's also the quarterback that's most willing to stay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look at look at the surroundings. He have a lot of alternatives. And he's shown, maybe. he's told everyone he's willing to stay through I'll, everything. I'll, Man, just can't quit Knoxville. <laughs> can't quit him. It's like Fulkerson. I can't can't quit you. I cannot quit Knoxville. Uh, no, it, it is amazing. But no, again, I, I think that um, I'm not sounding the the huge alarm bells or anything. But I would say that's not a great sign for the current quarterback situation to bring in Milton. But I do think it's a good sign that. Well, here's a staff that recruited a guy. He was right in their backyard in Orlando in high school when they were at UCF. They liked him enough then. He was a big-time quarterback commit to Michigan uh, that they thought they thought enough of it. Of, we're not just going to sit back and do nothing. We're going to actively recruit this guy. And speaking of actively recruiting, Joe Milton's been in Knoxville just hanging out with teammates the whole time. It comes out today that he's been living there and hanging out with some of the team, getting a feel for everyone before he officially commits and signs. He's enrolled in classes coming up, I think, uh, later this summer for this for summer I, I saw reports where he, he enrolled today, made it yeah. official today. So that's where the people started to catch wind of it because he enrolled in classes uh, and that the, the news gets out. But I saw also where he's going to make an official commitment a little bit later, but he's already enrolled in class in Knoxville and apparently he's been hanging out with some of his teammates. I just don't get the not being enrolled in classes at Michigan. Well, he, uh, he left. I mean, it's, uh, this, is, this is the new – we got into it last week. Yeah. This is the new era of free agency, mercenary playing in college football and college basketball. You go sit out a semester, and then you decide to go somewhere else eventually. So he had four touchdowns in six games for Michigan in 2020. As a sophomore, he appeared in four games at quarterback, three of seven pass attempts. So the, the scope is limited Very. on what we've seen. Uh, but – that, that's exactly how we would describe Tennessee's quarterback situation. Um, we know what we don't know there. and it's A lot. What we don't know is a lot, right? So um, we're, we're not getting many details. Not many practices uh, have an open session to begin with, and that open session where reporters can go observe uh, is extremely limited. We've seen some open practices publicly. We're going to see the orange and white game, but now you throw Milton into the mix as we go into the summer. And with the announcement, it's, it's hard not to see what, what happens in the orange and white game and pair it with Milton as a quarterback combo moving forward. Chad, final thing. If, you, if we were placing FanDuel odds on the quarterback transfer, is it Harrison Bailey? On the uh, to transfer? To transfer out. Oh, I put it on Maurer before Bailey. But I think Bailey's uh, a likely candidate also at some point. 
uh, in looking at the comparisons of what they want, right? So Hendon Hooker committed to the previous staff. Right. Big guy, right? Has some mobility. Mm-hmm. Joe Milton is 6'5", 243 pounds. Big guy. Has some mobility also. Um, I think that's interesting and kind of getting a sense of, of what they're looking for moving forward. Milton, 57% of his passes he completed, over 1,000 yards, four touchdowns in five starts this past year before being replaced at quarterback at Michigan. So there's some things to like with Milton, but there's also a reason he lost his job at Michigan. So that's, you're taking a, a flyer on a guy. Again, it kind of reminds me of Keller Christ. You know, he did some really good things early on at Stanford. He gets replaced. Transfers to Tennessee, never made an impact uh, in Knoxville. Josh Heupel obviously hoping it works out better for Joe Milton. We, we don't talk a ton of college baseball on this show and won't. Uh, th- that much we know. But the, the comments from Tim Corbin, head coach at, at Vandy, after the Commodores took two of three this weekend uh, in Knoxville, had to do with the crowd. And at first, reading comments from Corbin, you didn't know if he was taking a shot at Tennessee or actually praising the balls. Turns out Adam Sparks from the Tennessean sent a text message to Corbin to clarify exactly what he was doing. He was praising the crowd in Knoxville, which was around, what, half capacity, but still much larger than anything Vanderbilt fans have been able to partake in on campus in Nashville. Three hours down the road, uh, it was it was quite the scene, quite the atmosphere for a great college baseball series. And Corbin pointed that out publicly after they took two of three in Knoxville. It was such a good jab because you didn't know who he was jabbing at yeah, first. It was, he said, it, the the it was quote good. that was tweeted, I didn't hear it, so yeah, that's you couldn't take context out of it. it but was the, locked, the quote lost. tweeted from Adam Sparks was, apparently COVID doesn't exist in Knoxville. And then he went on to compliment the crowd and the energy they had and everything else. And I read it and I'm thinking, I don't know if he's insulting the University of Tennessee and the city of Knoxville, his own program's administration and, and university administration, or the city of Nashville for not opening things up. As you start to get the hints of what Adam Sparks started, it's very clear to me he's taking a shot at Mayor Cooper and the restrictions in the city of Nashville. Well, but on top because of Because he's that. calling out the fact that just right down the road in the same state, they're having no issues and fans are there creating a great environment. And he, of course he wants that for but his it's, team. It's not just Mayor Cooper here because we saw Nashville SC have 40% capacity at Nissan Stadium. Predators just upped it to 33%. Yeah. Well, and, and, at and Vanderbilt Stadium, not only is it limited capacity, you have to keep a six feet uh, distance, social distance between fans. So even if you're at half capacity, it still lowers the, re- you can't have half capacity Small. and uh, adhere to that restriction as well. So they're down to about 700 fans per game for the top, one of the top teams in the country. Yeah, 650 to be exact. Now that's going to 40% now, so it'll double. So now they've made that announcement after Tim Corbin after called this. them out. But that's also because the city opened up restrictions. <sighs> so Candace Story Lee felt the need to issue a statement after what Tim Corbin said, and she said, I echo what he said. We'd love to have a great attendance of the games, and we're working to do that now that restrictions are easing. And she said, you know, we're at the mercy, and every school is, of their own municipality and city restrictions. So hopefully that's going to change now for Vanderbilt. And I'm not a college baseball guy, and, and you said it, Hutton, we're not going to spend a ton of time on college baseball. But yeah, I, I'm a fan of greatness, and Tim Corbin is great, and that team is great, and they've got a chance of winning a national title. And uh, I believe greatness should be celebrated, and I think that that's a team deserving of a great crowd. 
and hopefully Nashville will now. I think as it starts to ease up, you're seeing more of this. Maybe by the end of the season, it'll be 75% capacity. I always learn something uh, from the, the state of mind uh, and the approach that Corbin takes with his team. And there's always a lesson to be learned. And he's like, look, the hostile environment was great for us because we can learn how to handle some emotion. It wasn't uh, how to handle a big crowd or some heckling. We were handling, speaking from Corbin, he was insinuating, we're handling our own internal emotion on the road in Knoxville. I, I found that fascinating, that he, he, he views it from the, the, you know, the, the mentality of his current team instead of the heckling that's going on behind home plate. And the correct, you know, I saw guys that. <laughs> did you see the fan that shotgunned a beer off a mullet? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that was that outkick actually. That, that story, so, that video. So you know, I, I see that. And I'm like, man, it's crazy atmosphere. And then you see that they're at 50 percent capacity, and then you then you read Corbin's comments, and then he's talking about handling the internal emotion. Uh, and now he's thankfully, you know, he's going to have more fans in attendance to witness what's been a, a solid team for years, but a really good one this year. I think uh, Clay said, uh, "You know, Tennessee is back now because it went from <laughs> butt chugging to the mullet luge." <laughs> My God, they call that the mullet luge, the mullet beer I saw, luge. I saw that comment to that. It may have been Lebowski, who said this was both disgusting and like fascinating at the same time. Like I can't stop watching, even though it's disgusting. Vandy wins two out of three. Vols win the middle game, uh, taking advantage of the bullpen after Leiter threw pretty well. Uh, six and a third, I think, 10 Ks, four hits. But still bad for Leiter's stay. I mean, he gave three runs, which yeah, is right. huge for him. That's for how him. great he's been. But uh, to win his start, even if uh, you do your damage against the bullpen, is, is a big win. But, uh, you know, three-game series doesn't tell you everything, but – it's what you had, and Vandy, you know, got the two out of three, and I'm sure. Uh, I mean, Vandy's Vandy's a better team. I mean, they're they're the better. Upset they couldn't break through. They're the better baseball program, but uh, Tony Vitello certainly done a great job in Knoxville, and they're they're a legitimate contender now as a top five team. I think they showed that this weekend. I think Vandy showed they're the better team this weekend. Also, the uh, tweet of the weekend though comes from Tennessee basketball, uh, who uh, John Fulkerson threw out the first pitch. Saturday night okay. for the game since he announced he's coming back good. for a sixth year, and uh, it was a good it was a good pitch from the left the big lefty, but uh, Tennessee basketball tweeted out. So does this make John Fulkerson ten and one against Vanderbilt in his career, now uh, in Knoxville? Did he? Uh, <laughs> kiss, I was the only one who found that funny. Did he kiss the rubber and cry and slowly slowly walk off the baseball field? He's uh, he announced that he's going to join the Tennessee baseball program. <laughs> He didn't do any of that. The extra year of eligibility, year eight, will be on the diamond. Um, Predators with a massive week coming up. They will host Chicago tonight and then travel to Chicago for two more games. Um, Chicago it, week. This week. It is Chicago week with the Blackhawks. And you can see the standings. And the, the standing, two points separate these two teams right now in the Central Division. 49 total points for the Predators entering tonight's matchup. 47 for Chicago, neck and neck in a massive series coming up between these two teams as they fight for postseason contention. Preds of course, the Predators just lost to the Hurricanes. And, you know, some discussion was going, uh, well, they, the Preds will close the season down the road against Carolina. The problem is, if, if this is a, a contested battle up top for the number one seed because there is a big difference this year in the number one seed 
getting the fourth seed in the division versus two and three having to open up the postseason against each other. Preds you want the one the seed. And you can't play for the fact that, oh, maybe Carolina will play their backup goaltending or, you know, take some games off to go into the post. That's not happening. The Preds need to continue their great play. And they fell to Carolina in, in two straight games. Now they need to pick up the slack against Chicago, a team that they should win against, uh, but a team that where it comes down, you can see uh, all of the, the, the points there, two points separating these two franchises as we enter three matchups this week. If the Preds win four and Carolina's one, I mean, that's a... Uh, anybody see them winning uh, that 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 no. first round series? Anybody see them winning a game in that first round series? No, but it doesn't have to be Carolina though. No, I it know. can be Tampa. Big with, Tampa again, fans. The Preds have not played not well great against Tampa. them, but they're better against them than they are against Carolina. Yeah. In that division alone, the haves and the have-nots, and the line of separation between them is uh, very distinct, greater than it's ever been. And you go back to the greatest success story in Preds history was when they got in with the last seed in the playoffs. And think about how close those teams were that year. Chicago. With the Preds dominating the first-round series against Chicago as the number one overall seed. 4 nothing or 4-1? That, that is, uh, they swept them yeah. that year. That, that is not going to be the case uh, this year in the playoffs. But it is an accomplishment to make the playoffs, especially the way this Preds team started and played a, a lot of this season. So to get to that, they're going to need to do Carolina some work this week. Carolina have 21 shots in a period? They're going to need to do some work this week. The Titans are going to do some work in the NFL draft. Coming up in three minutes, we tell you of some options available, the best draft options for the Titans through the first three rounds of the draft. We're going to lay out draft scenarios, option A, B, and C, and we'll pick the best option for the Titans on the field in 2021. That's next on OutKick 360. Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. As we announced earlier, Greg Cosell joins us weekly every Wednesday. Looking forward to that as we talk all of the NFL film analysis. Again, that is coming up Wednesday, starting this week, 1230 Eastern, 1130 Central, right here on Outkick 360. Ten days away from the NFL draft, a lot of decisions being made in war rooms across the league. Tennessee Power Hour, we're talking Titans. And the Titans hold pick 22, pick 53, pick 85, and pick 100 through the first three rounds of this draft. Four picks in the three rounds. And what we're going to present today are options for the Titans. We know needs. We can sit here and tell you they need to upgrade a corner. They need help at pass rush. That They, they need another tight end. They need a wide receiver or two. They could use help at linebacker. Do they need depth on the offensive line? The list goes on and on of the list of needs for an 11-win team that had to do some maneuvering based on the salary cap structure for 2021. The rookie class needs to hit for this team to improve off of what we saw from last year, or at least just stay the same, even with the extra game. What I've done is I have pulled three draft options for the four picks through three rounds. And with David Reed's help, we have put together option A, B, and C. I will run through the three drafts. And as we sit here, let's say we're here uh, 14 days from now, the Monday after the NFL draft, and we can see this hall for the first three rounds. And I pick three so we can quickly get through the impact type of players. Normally, 
four, five, six, seven, those rounds, you're looking at some depth, special teams players. Projects. Projects, development. Let's start with option A for the Tennessee Titans. At pick 22, Kadarius Toney, wide receiver from Florida, high-level producer for the Gators. Very versatile, strong run after the catch, very balanced and tough as a wide receiver. He's a big play wideout. The Titans in this scenario address wide receiver early at pick 22 with Tony, who can do a little bit of everything. He's even throwing a pass in the photo that you see. Pick 53, offensive lineman Trey Smith from Tennessee. Elite size, length, and strength. Excellent, excellent lower body strength. And he can play either guard position. He's considered an immediate starter if health allows his health condition in college, blood clots in his lungs. They go edge with Quincy Roche from Miami, a transfer from Temple. Average traits, but he is a bull in the china shop. He gets after it, constant effort and a feel for how to play. Um, some would say he's a situational player out of the gate, a sub-package rotational player early on, but at pick 85, could that fit some Titans' needs? And Kerry Vincent, a corner uh, from LSU, not an immediate starter, but can play a little inside or outside, but it's as a backup. Needs some coaching, but at pick 100 is the value there. So that's, that's option A for the NFL draft. You guys have thoughts on option A from that hall. I, um, my initial thought that jumps out to me is going offensive line at 53. Uh, and we're talking about needs also mm -hmm. and slotting needs. While I love Trey Smith, the player, I don't know that I love that progression of picks well, in terms of the glaring spots that they need on this roster. There, there's two things that I factored in here. Um, value like where you would have him on a board. Right. A lot of people say health conditions aside, which is massive for him. He's a first-rounder. He's a first-rounder and an immediate starter. Well, immediate they don't need starter. a guard. That, that's my thing. And he, I think he, he's going to wind up being a guard. So he could he be is. Saffold's replacement in a year if you want to get out of that cash. Yeah. But again, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I don't think with the high-level needs they have for right now, that I can forestall, uh, look at guard for next year with all the needs that they have for this Fair. year. So my immediate reaction is show me B and C. Well, it's uh, Paul, disagree with me if you if you think I'm wrong. Don't worry. I uh, I think those first two picks have to be starters. I don't think this is just a first round pick coming and being a starter. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm viewing first and second round this year because of the misses in last year's draft class and the misses in free agency. Both of those players have to be starters from day one. I like, uh, I, I mean, I like the other three players, and I'm more of a Bateman than Tony guy, I think, because I'm looking. I, I'm not as high on Reynolds being able to do Corey's, uh, Corey Davis things. I agree. Though I like, um, I, I like the Tony joystick element but not until I'm confident that you've replaced the Davis capacity. Now, if, if Reynolds proves to be able to do that, then I love uh, a Tony. So I wide, like receiver, Moore, Moore, wide receiver is stacked um, in the, the horizontal board that I've created at pick 22. Yeah. In option A, wide receiver is ahead of some of the other positions we're about to see. Here's option B. Linebacker Zaven Collins from Tulsa at pick 22. One of the most versatile defensive players in this entire draft. Height, weight, speed, 
uh, in college, he has not concentrated on one specific position. You're drafting him on traits, and he, I think he could be an outstanding 3-4 outside linebacker uh, with the, his open play explosiveness uh, and how he can rush the passer with his speed and athleticism. He should produce quickly, even though we haven't seen him concentrate on one specific position in college. That's pick 22. Wide receiver. At pick 53, Rondell Moore from Purdue. Extremely explosive and competitive. He is a starting slot receiver. Chad wants starters. There's two right out of the gate. Elijah Molden at pick 85 from Washington uh, at a corner. Not ideal for size and length. That's why he's at pick 85 here. But competitive, tough. His read and react skills are really good. And when I hear that description, I think nickel corner he could be an impact player for the defense as a rookie uh, in situations. Also, Ronnie Perkins from Oklahoma, speed to power rusher, good balance, uh, and versatile. Many have him as a 4-3. Others have him as a 3-4. That means he can play in, vir in, in, in virtually uh, any alignment that you want to put out there. That's good for the Titans defense at pick 100. There is option B with a defensive focus early at pass rush because Collins, although he's listed linebacker, I think that's how you would use him. You get Ronnie Perkins and you address corner. I think I like this one better. You say Collins is immediate starter. I think he's immediate starting caliber. He's not going to start over Dupree or Landry unless you're intentionally saving Dupree or Landry for nickel. Right. Uh, which I doubt they're going to do based on the way Vrabel talks about wanting his best players on the field. But that gives you a healthy three-pack of edge guys if they will anoint him. And I like Collins if he comes in and is anointed. I don't like Collins if he comes in and says, we can do everything with this guy and we're going to move him around. Well, I think that's everything. how you, you, you could see him sold early. And then Rashawn Evans is going into the final year of his deal. And coming maybe, up. maybe he's, he moves you know? inside later. I, I like Moore. Um, I like Molden. Perkins. Moore uh, is a starter. He is a slot yes. starter. And I like, second round pick. I like Perkins at this stage, though I'm not sure he's lasting till 100. And I've seen May a not. lot of mixed reviews on him. Uh, but you're, you're double hitting edge here. So now you're four deep at edge. Um, so, you know, I, I, I like the depth there, but I, they haven't proven to me that they'll go uh, three deep at edge. Not that they've had the talent. I don't know that they'll play four I, edge guys. So I'm you're looking, looking at Collins as a, as a, into the second year moving inside, perhaps. I'm, not, I'm just giving examples of how he can be used. Yes. I'm also extremely fearful of Landry or Dupree getting going hurt. down. Could Perkins uh, and if that happens, they are right back to where they started the offseason. How big is Perkins? Um, I don't have the measurables listed in I'm front of me. I'm wondering if he could play end if if you needed him to. Well, he's listed as a 4-3 or a 3-4. So that means some see him as a hand-in-the-ground end. So that would be convenient if Collins could play both outside linebacker and inside linebacker, and Perkins could play both outside linebacker and potentially end, at least in base. He's 6'3", 250. Yeah, conceivably. Um, what do you think, Chad? Chad, option B. So we intentionally did not look at these options before for this exercise right, to, to, to be surprised to them and react to them. Uh, I like this a lot better than option A. I'll say that because these are two starters uh, to start with Zayvon Collins and Rondell Moore. I love Rondell Moore's production. 
at the college level. I, I agree with you, Hutton. He's a, he's a day one starter. Um, I'm really hoping option C is going to have a corner taken in the first two rounds because I don't like either of these options for that reason. Because okay. corner is the most glaring need right now for the Titans, in my opinion. So I am very uncomfortable uh, not taking a corner in the first two picks in option A and B. So I'm kind of setting up the segue Dad. for option C. I really hope option C has a corner in the first two rounds. Option deliver. C is going to make him happy and piss him off all in one. All right, and here's why. Tevin Jenkins, uh. right tackle, is the 22nd overall pick. Bothered uh, some by speed rush, according to Mike Dettelier and others. But great footwork for his size and possesses great power to his game. Who was it, Paul, help me out, who compared him to a better Jack Conklin? Uh... A better Jack Conklin was uh, Charlie Castle. Charlie Casserly called Said if Jenkins. you like Conklin, you have to love Jenkins. A better Jack Conklin. So he's the 22nd overall pick. We do know that the Titans have taken a hard look at him from Oklahoma State. As have the Colts. Asante Samuel Jr. at 53. Not very big, but a nice skill set. And he's not physical. Not overly physical, I should say. But he plays corner. And can he cover? Yes, that's what I'm judging this guy on. And he is smooth. Uh, he sticks with receivers. He can mirror the wide receiver. And the thing I love about Asante Samuel Jr., he can play inside or outside. And I'm confident in saying that about him. I think he fits this Titans defense well. At 85, a big need. Hunter Long at tight end has all the traits that the, I think the Titans will be looking for. Paul has mentioned him. Not dominant in any one area that really jumps out to me. But reliable hands, not overwhelming as a blocker, but tough enough to get the job done. And I think he will blossom in the NFL because you can draft him to do one thing well and have him focus on that one area. And he's athletic enough to excel at that early on in his career as he develops as a pro. And then Josh Palmer at pick 100. Maybe a little early for him because I've seen many have him available on Saturday. But he played in a terrible offense. Excellent footwork, combat catcher, aggressive, NFL-style toughness. And he's to me, he's a player you draft, and he is active on game day. Not just on your active roster, but you find a reason to make him active on, day, uh, on game day for depth. And he's an, a, a guy who you think could be an eventual starter. But he's going to help you on game day with the 100th pick. What do you guys think of option C? I dislike this one. Uh, I hate Jenkins. I, I hate Jenkins in that he's uh, he's another stab at Wilson. <laughs> he's he's a brute like Wilson. I think they'd say a lot of the same things upon drafting him that they said about Wilson. How's his laugh? And I can't. I don't know That's how. That's a big I don't question. Know how Jolly his laugh, laugh is good laugh. Infectious. And look, so if they do it, I understand that Wilson's a sunken cost. But I think that they can be all right with Kendall Lamb and, and Ty Sambrilo. And so this is too high for, for an offensive lineman for me. And I think they can do better than Palmer as a, uh, a receiver in the first four. I like Samuel and Long. So this is two for four for me. But out of your scenarios, I'm taking B. Uh, and I like Molden as, as, a, as the corner in the top four picks. 
So I'll go B. I'm really turned off by the Jenkins idea. I, I have been before this. But I wrote see, about it after Casserly. But, but let's let's consider what they do in option C because the the right tackle play is going to tick a lot of people off if they go that route, and rightfully so. Isaiah Wilson is a setback for this team, and they have to address it. Uh, they don't have they don't they don't have their future starter in Kendall Lamb. If anything, he's a placeholder. Wow. And because of that, they have to address that position. And you also have to ask yourself, what is this offense? This offense is Derrick Henry. Is Kendall Lamb the the right tackle moving forward? And if something happens to the tackle position, keep in mind. Taylor Lewan is averaging 10 games per year over the last two years. Part of that is his own fault with suspension. Another part of that is not his fault with injury. But you have to factor in what happens if you don't have Taylor Lewan for a full season because we're taking that for granted and we haven't had him for a full season here in Nashville for two straight years. And we've also seen injuries at right tackle that have yeah. moved things around. It's true. They have to protect themselves on the offensive line after getting by in 2020 with third string, fourth string, they, they have to think internally. That can't happen again. And the Isaiah Wilson pick killed them, killed them because they have to go and address this now. And, and with, with Jenkins, I, I'm just doing mock drafts where some of the corners are gone, Collins is gone, and you have to consider, okay, what, what player impacts this the most? That, how, what do we get the most out of with pick 22? Is it offensive line based on style, based on how they want to play Based offense. on what's on the board. But then I also threw in, because I knew you guys would hate it. <laughs> I knew you guys would hate tackle. So I threw in a corner in the top 53. Well, you did. A, I threw in tight end. job with I threw two. in tight end because they desperately need tight end help. It's the forgotten position of the offseason among discussion. Not of them. They're going to address it. But of the offseason amongst us just chatting about what they're going to do. They have to replace the athleticism of Jonu Smith. The guy who caught that circus touchdown catch in Baltimore, he's not on that tight end depth chart. They have guys who can move the chains. They don't have the athlete that Jonu Smith became uh, and that, that the player he developed into. They have to find someone that they can mold into the next version of him. I'm not saying they're going to find him in the third round immediately. Um, and again, I, I'm going for just depth and uh, a, a, an aggressive player yeah. in, in Josh Palmer at pick 100, uh, because as I looked through some other mocks that I was doing, he stood out over some of the other guys that were available at pick 100. Hun, you did a heck of a job of giving me, just personally, <laughs> giving me absolutely something to hate and something to love <laughs> in all three options. There's okay, not good. one option here that I look at and think, that's it. That's the one. So you did a great job of making this a, a difficult decision. You hate this one. Um, I hate Tevin Jenkins in the first <laughs> round at, at right tackle. I do hate that. Um, I also believe they're going to need a tackle because of the misplay with Isaiah Wilson. Um, going back to the well at right tackle or tackle in the first round, I hate it. But I love the next three picks. Love Asante Samuel Jr., corner. I think that's a potential for a first-round type talent in the second round with him at corner. Love the upside of Hunter Long at tight end. Great athlete. Love the upside of Josh Palmer, Canadian kid. Didn't play a ton of football. He's still growing into his game, I think, and he played in a terrible offense with a terrible quarterback. Who didn't end at a Tennessee, terrible play and he's call. still, I mean, the numbers I brought up last week, the pro football focus numbers against four of the top corners in this draft and how successful he was against them. Just go back and turn on that Alabama tape 
where he made some big plays. The Georgia game, where he made some combat catches. And they didn't throw him the ball open. nearly enough. No, no. It was, again, bad offense. Uh, not, a, not a very accurate quarterback. So I like Josh Palmer at 100. But because of that Tevin Jenkins at, in the first round, Hutton, I'm, I'm saying no. I, I can't do it. I'm much like Paul. I can't do it. I, I prefer draft B. And I didn't set it up to where I was drafting based on my preference. Right. Uh, after looking at all the options, draft B, as we put up the graphic, uh, with Collins, Moore, Molden, and Perkins. Keep in mind, you, you have to think about what you don't have within the first three rounds. You're not addressing tight end. You're not addressing your offensive line. And there, there's still a, a lot of holes where you have to think, okay, where are they lacking the most among some starting quality type players? Well, you scrapped. don't have an outside corner of this draft either. Then you're not going to find, I wouldn't think you find an outside corner um, with the speed elements that you require later than pick 85 or 100. I'd scrap Perkins at 100 there and shop. Offensive line or tight end there. I don't know what was on the board for you there. I, I also think option A is very underrated because of Kadarius Toney and the, speaking of options, options that you can use with him. He can do everything. He's even, uh, uh, in some cases at Florida, he's a Wildcat quarterback. Yeah. Um, Trey Smith, again, the value, we could be five years from now and believe, can you believe he was a second-round pick? And he's, he's, he's one of those one star. perennial uh, starters that has started from day one and has a 10-year NFL career. Yep. Um, so, again, uh, you get two immediate starters, even though, you're not you're starting, starting. even though you're not starting Trey Smith immediately. I'm just saying you get two immediate uh, view, viewed as immediate starters, and then you address edge and corner on, on the back end of day two at 85 and 100. I, I would go – Option B is my first choice as well. B-A-C. I'm going to surprise you here. I'm going B-C-A uh, because I love pick 53, 85, and 100 in C. So I'm willing to overlook the gaff in the first round at that point because I think you're getting some, some immediate impact guys. But also with Palmer and Long, I think the, the, the possibilities of what those players could blossom into – it's huge. Well, the other well, thing about BCA. C. The other thing about C is it's very offensive heavy. I mean, you got Jenkins, Long, Palmer. All, all you're doing is Samuel there. This team needs defense. And this is help. this is an example of how you go horizontal board, where you say you have a pot of players at 22. Do you prefer Tony, Collins, or Jenkins more? Where do you have them rated on your overall assessment of your scouting department and team need? Then you go to 53. Okay, if you took a wide receiver, what's left? And then you start to stack players, too. I'm, I'm intrigued by the overall holes that you're left with going into day three where you're drafting on need base. And we're told it's a great wide receiver and corner draft. So if you want to layer that in, too, maybe you have a guy that's valued later that you feel like could be a day two pick, but you're getting him in day three. Yeah. That's not the case in tight end, for not, instance. Yeah, and that sadly could influence offensive line. Could. Could, yeah. Uh, let us know on Twitter – on Facebook, on Instagram, if you're watching the replay, on YouTube, type in your favorite option of the three, A, B, or C, and let us know why. Uh, we'll continue with these exercises uh, from a Titans perspective, but option B gets it done in this discussion. Do you agree? Let us know at OutKick360. Paul and Chad don't know about a special guest that's coming up. 
next. But if you're new to the show, prepare to be entertained. If you're a fan of the past show, prepare to be elated. Hmm. Outkick 360 returns next. I've got a guess. The Tennessee Power Hour on Outkick 360 rolls on, and we're wrapping up the hour. Uh, we are in year 10 together. We've been together a decade, and David Reed has been with us for the majority of that, and there's another guy who has been with us for the vast majority of the trio being together. And today's also his birthday. Happy birthday to Kirby oh. Allen Kirby, oh my. who joins us from the yurt. If you're uh, familiar with Look the previous show, you know him well. If you don't, he's a he's an engineer extraordinaire, and he is uh, quite the guy. He's and he and Paul know it all. Uh, as much as they disagree on things, they also agree to uh, they they love to hate each other. Let's put it that way. Kirby, happy birthday! Thank you. How uh, old are you now? Seventy six. A hundred and twelve, dog years. I am. 58 years old today. Oh, my God. I can't believe he's that young. We, we have done this every year where we've cold called him in the past. We're like, hey, just call call Kirby and get him on the show, and let's wish him a happy birthday. We had to set this up today, and I wanted to do this. Paul and Chad, I had no idea you were coming on today, Kirby. This is quite the well, surprise Kirby, it's, to them. it's great. First off, great to see you. Uh, you, you look great. Thank you. Ha- happy birthday. Um, I like to think of Thank Kirby you. as having the exterior from a weight standpoint of a 22-year-old, but the interior of a 115-year-old. Uh, when you think about the damage that he's done to himself, Kirby, would you would you say that's accurate? Pretty close. He's a heavy smoker, a heavy drinker, and a heavy rock collector. And uh, he joins us from his yurt, which is like the man cave, uh, but it's recently been rebuilt due to a, a tornado that hit Nashville early last year. Um, Kirby, you're you're in the you're in the yurt right now, correct? I, at least it appears that way. I am, and uh, to Paul, I've got it well lit. Um, it's loaded with boxes as we're emptying, finally beginning to empty pods from mm-hmm. the result of the tornado, and um, looks like we're ever you know inching ever closer to being complete. Um, so it's not set up yet. But it uh, it was thrown together to d- take care of a thing for Reed, and now it's becoming uh, a storage building until we can divvy out things where they belong. I uh, we always appreciate your your brute honesty on the show. You, you have seen us on camera in the in the recent or yeah recent month uh, that that we've debuted. Your your overall thoughts of the three of us on camera on a daily basis. Well, I. Uh, I saw you early on, uh, one of the first few shows you did. I guess it was delayed. It was on uh, Instagram. And you guys, you looked good. It was good to see you all. Uh, the setting wasn't that great. Uh, the chairs weren't the right size. Chad looked uncomfortable. I think I, I mentioned a few things to you. Um, but overall, yeah, you look good. I was shocked. And now I tuned in. A, I caught a little bit last week. You've got a beard now. I do, which, yes. Uh, I'm like, it's terrible. it looks like Ulysses S. Grant when he first got out of West Point. But, um, oh. uh, but, oh, it was just, you know, I, I, it's hard to watch you guys. It's hard not to, uh, you know, correct something that I might see that, you know what I mean. Just, just, oh, yeah. just correct an audio level. You got you to gotta sure. insert yourself into it. I, I, I get it. You feel the need 
the urge to correct well, us, which, so I, Kirby, which I appreciate about you. Go ahead. We've got our production staff here. Kirby, give, them, you, uh, give them some pointers. You can see Chad right now, right? Or can you? Right now, I'm not seeing anything but a black screen and a, and a big orange circle that says done speaking, I guess. Oh, okay. I'm not sure well, don't, don't worry about it then. You said Chad was uncomfortable. I was curious what, what makes him so uncomfortable that's, looking. That's gas. Oh, okay. Well, no, early on, you guys were in those small classroom-like seats, right? They have no are. arms on them. Chad's, a, Chad's not a small fellow. Not, not, <laughs> no, he's, a, he's a guy. Yeah, so, he's a guy. So you shove him in that little chair... He had nowhere to, nothing to do with his arm. And so he puts his hands on his hips. But by doing so, it's <laughs> very it, accurate. By putting his hands on his hips, it projects his chest and stuff forward, which gives it that look of maybe menacing or like he's got an attitude, but that's not Chad. That's what I'm going for. And so I'm like, well, that, 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 that's a strike against whoever set that up because they don't, you know, that's not Chad. He's, he's give, giving up a persona that isn't necessarily him unless he's maybe on a basketball court or something. Um, you were stretched out and comfortable, but you've been in front of a camera quite a bit. Um, yes. You're stretching your legs out like you would do, but there was no table in front of you, so that might have it came off as maybe you weren't as interested in some of the other crotch shot. Well, yeah, the crotch in the meantime, shot. Right. In the meantime, you get PK over there doing PK thing. You know, he's got nine things going on at once. He's typing and everything. So he was right at home. I mean, he, he, <laughs> it didn't seem to affect him as much. And, and those were just personal things, and I, I thought. You know, somebody that's on the ball, and I'm not knocking your crew. I don't know these people. That was my critique based on my being the den mother for a decade. Yes. You, you got, no, I said, but man, you know, Chad needs a better chair uh, or a bigger chair. Um, you know, do something for Hutton there. But, um, but that's, <laughs> dude, it, it's, it's like, and anybody else would have that had done the same thing. There, there are. It's, it's hard to walk. It's, it's hard to just go. Well, it's in somebody else's hands right now. I, you know, they oh, they they look fine. Your topics, everything else, audio, everything was great. I just noticed a few things that I would have corrected or wanted to. You know, it had anyway. You know what I mean? Kirby Allen Kirby Kirby's, joins us. Who's Kirby's from critiques now, could be a regular part of yes, the show. I actually Kirby's appreciate critiques. that. And he's actually spot on. Like this is sort of an uncomfortable chair. Uh, that Mine's I'm in, comfy. but I would also say that I feel like I am almost too relaxed on camera. Like I look up and I'm the one that's like knelt over on my computer a lot of time. I would not say I'm the one that's the most stuffy. I feel like he got it opposite. I feel I'm like Paul's the one who's presenting the most. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't trying to imply that at all. I was okay. saying because of the fact that you didn't have anything to do with your hands. Kirby, I'm agreeing and, with you for the most part. I, I don't know what to do with my hands. With I'm, I'm with you. I'm totally with you. <laughs> Kirby. It's funny because when he's yeah, off that's what I mean. You needed a larger desk, something that you could put your rest of your arms on as if you were at a table, you know what I mean, and or arms on the chair where you could rest your elbows to give you a more relaxed posture. Yeah. For the camera. That's it's all. It's funny, think. Kirby, because when he's off camera, he has no lack of things to do with his hands. <laughs> <laughs> also true, Kirby. Also in, true. Uh, in all uh, seriousness, we, we wish you a very happy birthday. You need to stop uh, by and meet you Jacob were, uh, and see David. You were in your forties when we start. We first started doing this show as a trio, and as you go into your sixties, we we hope you you will uh, be no stranger to this show. Let's put it that way. And uh, it is great to see you. And hopefully we have the, a very special edition of Truth According to Kirby down the road. <laughs> you know, that would be, that would be great. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you don't know how many people uh, 
that's the first thing out of their mouth is why aren't we doing those? And I'm like, well, that, that was something that was with a different group and, and that needs to stay with that group. So. No, no, it'll be back. Hit him straight. We give you the applause. Oh, and be sure to tweet Kirby Gentlemen, at that, uh, at that Twitter address we put up, which is, uh, uh, Twitter has blocked. Yeah, shall, Kirby. We, shall we close the show by presenting our crotches on camera with a standing ovation? Kirby, Kirby, Kirby can't I see this, this but on, on camera we have your Twitter account, which has been which has been suspended uh, as a salute to you, sir. Happy birthday. Please tell Laura we said hello, and uh, we can't Good wait to see, to see you, you soon, man. Love you, Kirby. Will do. Thank you, guys. Love you. See ya. Bye, Happy buddy. birthday, Kirby Allen Kirby. What a treat. Uh, day 26 of the show, the That's first appearance of Kirby Allen Kirby. What a fun day. Fun show. Fun Very day. fast show. Great uh, Cosell announcement. Cosell is back. Weekly. Cosell is back. He will return weekly starting on Wednesday at 1230 Eastern. Listen, Kirby doesn't follow instructions, but I hope that you will. Do not block the box, but do lock the locks. <laughs>